right, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 3. 2 Samuel chapter 3. And last week we saw David as he was in a time of waiting and patience. And he waited for seven and a half years uh, before God ultimately allowed him to reign over all Israel. And that waiting period we saw was likened to a type of Christ or a picture of Christ. First, we saw that Christ, too, uh, is waiting at this moment, as David did, for the Father in heaven to make all of, the en- all of his enemies his footstool. And Christ is not coming in and, and uh, taking over the times and the season. He says those, are, those things are in the Father's hands. And then secondly, we saw that Christ is also, just as David did not force himself into uh, that area and try to seize it with his own hands, Christ uh, is not going to force himself into anyone's life as their king. And so even in this, in this chapter here, um, in the Old Testament, we see a great gospel truth that he, Jesus Christ, must be accepted and be made king of your life. And so that, that was the picture that we saw. Now, we did skip over a few verses last week. We skipped over verses 6 through 11 here. And so I want to start by reading those tonight. Let's, get, let's look at the scripture here and get a clear perspective on what's happening here in this narrative. Let's look at verse 6 together. And it came to pass, while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, that Abner made himself strong for the house of Saul. And we're going to see here really the life of Abner, the, the general of Saul, uh, when, when Saul was alive. And not just the, his life, but really ultimately his death and his death as a fool. Verse 7, And Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Wherefore hast thou gone in unto my father's concubine? Then was Abner very wroth for the words of Ishbosheth, and said, Am I a dog's head, which against Judah do show kindness this day unto the house of Saul, thy father, and to his, to his brethren, and to his friends, and have not delivered thee into the hand of David, that thou chargest me this day with a fault concerning this woman? So do God to Abner, and more also except... As the Lord hath sworn to David, even so I do to him, to translate the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan even to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner a word again because he feared him. Now this is what what, what, uh, Abner is saying here now is he's saying the entire kingdom from Dan to Beersheba, that was a common terminology to refer to the, all of Israel. He's, I'm going to translate this. I'm going to take this from your hand that I've, I've set up, and I'm going to give it to David like God has, has said for, for this long. So Abner does this dishonor to the house of Saul, and Ishbosheth takes offense. And he's, he's wondering, what in the world are you doing, Abner? And Abner, who, is, who had placed Ishbosheth there to reign, uh, Ishbosheth was powerless because the last seven and a half years he had been placed into power by Abner. Abner was the one going out and fighting the battles and coming back in. 
And he and Abner, Ishbosheth and Abner, have been fighting for the last seven and a half years against the plan of God. And that's, that's really uh, a huge thing in this, in this narrative. Now, God is going to use this circumstance to bring about the kingdom into David's hand. God sovereignly uses Abner, but Abner is a fool. And that's shown by what he does uh, with this concubine of Saul's. It's, a, it's an awful story. And David here, now we saw through, through the things. Day, uh, last week we read the passage of when Abner goes to the men of Benjamin and to this city and this city. And he goes and does all the footwork and he challenges them to do what? Make David your king. Now go forward and do it. And, and he challenges them that way. So God is using Abner in that way. And now David says that he's going to hold a feast for Abner and his men to come to. And that's where we pick up the narrative here in verse 20. Verse 20. So Abner came to David to Hebron and 20 men with him. And David made Abner and the men that were with him a feast. And Abner said unto David, I will arise and go and will gather all Israel unto the Lord my king. And they make that they may make a league with thee, and that thou mayest reign over all that thine heart desireth. And David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. And behold, the servants of David and Joab came from pursuing a troop, and brought in a great spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he had sent him away, and he was gone in peace. And when Joab and all the host that was with, uh, was with him were come, they told Joab, saying, Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king, and he hath sent him away, for he has gone in peace. Now, if you remember, Joab is the nephew of David. And Abner, when there was a battle between Abner's men and Joab's men, uh, there was a lot of deaths that took place, especially the death of his brother, Ashael. And so he's not very happy about that. And so we come now to, to verse uh, 24. Then Joab came to the king and said, What hast thou done? Behold, Abner came unto thee. Why is it that thou hast sent him away, and he is quite gone? Thou knowest, Abner the son of Ner, that he came to deceive thee, and to know thy going out and thy coming in, and to know all that thou doest. So Joab believes that Abner came in to try and trick the king of Israel, to try and kick, uh, trick David as king, and he's totally against him. He wants revenge for his brother's life. And we're going to see there's going to be some trouble that David has with Joab throughout his reign because of this attitude and, this, and, and really sin not being dealt with. And we're going to cover that next week. But let's read now the, really the rest of, of this chapter. So stay with me. We're going to read a, quite a few more verses here. Verse 26. And when Joab was come out from David... He sent messengers after Abner, which brought him again from the well of Syria, but David knew it not. And, w and when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly, and smote him there under the fifth rib, and he died for the blood of Ashael his brother. It almost sounds like a replaying of Cain and Abel. They go out in the field and... And he kills him. And this man, Joab, who's supposed to be a godly man, a godly general, 
goes out and kills Abner in cold blood. And yes, Abner is the, an enemy of the Lord. He does not fear God as we're going to see. But David is not happy when he hears of it. Verse 28, And afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord forever from the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house, and let there not fail from the house of Joab one that hath an issue, or that is a leper, or that leaneth on a staff, or that falleth on the sword, or that lacketh bread. So Joab and Abishai his brother slew Abner, because he had slain their brother Ashael at Gibeon in the battle. And now Joab is responsible for this, and, and the, that blood is on his hands. And again, we're going to speak more to that problem next week, but let's hear as David mourns here again the death of an enemy, verse 31. And David said to Joab and to all the people that were with him, Rend your clothes and gird you with sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And King David himself followed the bier, the the crowd. And that that word would mean like a funeral dirge that he was following, a funeral procession. And they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And that tells you really the heart of David once again. As he wept for Saul, as he wept for Abner, the the heart that he had uh, towards even that of his enemies. And now notice the question that he asks. He says, And the king lamented over Abner, verse 33, and said, Died Abner as a fool dieth? In other words, should he have died this way? Should he have died a fool's death? And the answer to that is yes. Abner was a fool. He was a fool, and we're going to see that here. Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put in fetters. As a man falleth before wicked men, so fellest thou. And all the people wept over him again. Now let's get a little bit more context into what David's heart was towards Abner, even though he was a fool. Verse 35, And when all the people came to cause David to eat meat while it was yet day, David swore, saying, So do God to me. And more also, if I taste breath, bread or aught else till the sun be down. And all the people took notice of it, and it pleased them, as whatsoever the king did pleased all the people. So God is giving David now favor with all of the people of Israel. That's, that's a key thing. Verse 37, For all the people and, and all Israel understood that day that it was not of the king to slay Abner the son of Ner. It wasn't his choice. It wasn't what he wanted and and he would and that's key because it showed that David was not trying to force himself into the place of kingship verse 38 now is key and the king said unto his servants know ye not that there is a prince and a great man fallen this day in Israel and I am this day weak though anointed king and these are men that these men the sons of Zariah be too hard for me the Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. Now, what is he talking about? The sons of Zariah. Zariah was David's sister. We find that out in First Chronicles in a genealogy that that was his sister. And so these men, Joab and, uh, and Asheel and, and, uh, 
and uh, the other brother, Abishai, were all sons and nephews. They were nephews of, of uh, David. And he says that these men are too hard for me. And we're going to see later in chapter 4, when he does deal with some sin, it's a different way than how he deals with his nephews. And again, Joab is going to be a thorn in his side, in David's side, because he doesn't deal with sin the right way. But here we find the death of a fool, the death of Abner. Abner was not a fool because he was stupid. Okay, it's not, He wasn't a fool because he was dumb. Uh, in verse 38, David says that he's a great man, that he, he counted him as a, as a military genius. He was a general. Abner died a fool because he lived the way of the fool. And so what I'd like us to do now is go to the book of Proverbs. And I'm going to have you do a little bit of turning through the book of Proverbs as we look tonight at the way of a fool. The way of a fool that Abner's life indicates is that he was a fool because he made a mock at sin. As you're turning to Proverbs, I'm going to read you just one chapter back in 2 Samuel when he uh, was fighting against Joab. If you remember, he calls out and says, Hey, Joab, let me let a dozen men come out, and you let a dozen men come out. And this is what he says. And Abner said to Joab, Let the young man now arise and play before us. And that play led to those 12 men against his 12 men stabbing each other with the swords and, and slaying each other, and all 24 men die. And that's what he considered play. And I'm telling you, that's, that's making a mock at sin. So jo, uh, Abner lived a life that made a mock at sin. And this is what, go to Proverbs chapter 10 to begin here. Proverbs chapter 10. And this is what it says about a fool. Chapter 10, verse 23. Give you just a moment to get there. 10, verse 23. It is as sport to a fool to do mischief but a man of understanding hath wisdom then if you go to Proverbs 14 turn over just a couple pages there Proverbs 14 verse 9 it says fools make a mock at sin but among the righteous there is favor fools will, will, will make a mock of something that God calls sinful and in doing that, in, in the progression, fools, God says, and fools can be unbelievers or they can even be believers playing the part of a fool. When a fool starts to sin, he starts to become desensitized that that is even sin. Uh, he becomes more and more comfortable with sin. You say, where do we see that? In the same chapter, chapter 14, go down to verse 16. It says, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. He becomes more and more confident in his sin. He becomes more and more desensitized to the fact that God hates what he's doing. And that's a, that's a, that's a dangerous place to be. That is the way of a fool. And that's exactly how it played out in the life of Abner. He was raging and he was confident in the sin that, that he had with, with the concubine of Saul. He didn't care what Ishbosheth thought. 
He didn't care that it was a sin against the, the house of Saul. He could have cared what anybody he could have cared less what anybody thought. He had chosen the way of a fool, and he was caring about only what he desired. And that is what, what, a, the, what a fool does, and that shouldn't be tolerated in our lives as Christians. We need to ask the Lord for a heart that hates sin as much as God does. We need to, we need to a fool will be careless and will become desensitized to the sin around him. We need to ask the Lord to keep our hearts sensitive and tender to the voice of the, of the Holy Spirit to be able to check us when, when sin arises. Second, we see displayed in Scripture that the fool has no fear of God. Go to uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. As you're turning there, I'm going to read you Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. There is no fear of God. There's no, they want no consciousness of God. And yet in Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. You haven't started to know anything unless you have a proper awe and respect of the holiness and, and, and wrath of God. And, and, and David, uh, Proverbs here, Solomon is saying, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of, of a wise person. Getting to know, that, that's, that's, what it's, that's where it starts. But fools despise anyone telling them what to do. Instead, what is the fool's response? It's to do what is right in his own eyes. Go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 5 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And the, the fool will do what's right in his own heart, uh, in his own eyes. Uh, he'll also trust his own heart. Look, look at Proverbs 28. Proverbs chapter 28. Have you flipped back and forth and back and forth until we are convinced tonight that we don't want the way of a fool? Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. You've heard the saying, follow your heart. And God is saying that's not the way the way to do it. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Well, what is God's response to those that, that uh, think that, you know, what is right is that which I can see, that, that which, I, which is right in my own eyes, the, the things that I want to do or the things that my heart wants to do. What is God's response to that? Proverbs chapter 3. He gives a very clear response to that he gives a very clear command whoever gets there first read the first phrase of proverbs chapter 3 verse 7 read it real loud okay so there's really three commands there he says, be not wise in thine own eyes. Don't do what you think is right in your own eyes. What is the answer then? The next three words? Fear the Lord. 
fear the Lord. Fear the Lord because that's, that's what we all are in desperate need. A wise person, when they're choosing to follow God, is in desperate need of a proper fear of God, a proper reverence and awe. Do we, I wonder, consider the fear of God in our daily conversation, in way, the way we, that we talk, in the way that we live, in, in, do we have a, a living respect and reverence for the wrath of God that our sin deserves? And if we do, I, I tell you what, there will be a different living that happens in our life. We will, we will, we will be uh, wanting to please the Lord. Yeah, and ab- we don't humble ourselves What? We don't humble ourselves enough. Yeah. A thousand years ago when they feared God. Right. Like it was a force to be reckoned with. Yes. Like a terrible tsunami. Yes. Nowadays, we just go about and say, okay, a tsunami, okay. Yes. That type of thing. Yeah, you think, ab- think about think about mankind fa- yeah. has been desensitized. Mm-hmm. Think about the Egyptians and Pharaoh and how they mm-hmm. feared the God of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Think about the Philistines and how at some times they said, "We don't want to mess with the God of Israel." Mm-hmm. There was a fe- there was a proper fear that they had of God, and yet mm-hmm. those were unbelievers. And God is saying, if you're going to be a wise person, if you're going to be a believer who is wise and walks wisely, you need, you have a desperate need to fear God. Abner did not have that fear of God. He battled against the Lord's will. And how do we know? Because he says the, the God's will right there in the passage that we read. He says, I'm going to translate the kingdom from, from you to David just as the word of the Lord said. And, and he had known that for seven and a half years. He was fighting against it and, and knowing full well what God intended to do. So he was a fool, and he met the end of a fool. He died as a fool. And that's the last thing that I want us to see here tonight. Go back to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. And this is where we're going to end here. I'll read another verse from Proverbs, but it's the same exact verse repeated twice. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, a man but the end thereof are the ways of death. The way of a, of a fool, in some senses, could seem like common sense. It seemeth right unto a man. But the ends thereof are very different than what God wants for us. There's, because there's no fear of God in that person, the ends of it are the ways of death. And then that same, if you were uh, word for word, Proverbs 16.25 is the same verse. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I don't know why God had it sovereignly put in Scripture twice word for word, but I think he was trying to get something across to us, that we ought not do just what seems right to us, that we ought to have a proper fear of God if we're going to be wise. God wanted us to know that the way of a, of a fool is not a path that we should choose as sons and daughters of the king. While a Christian who is saved uh, cannot lose their salvation Satan would like nothing more than to lie to God's children and get them to play a fool.
to play the part of a fool and to end up destroying their own lives and the lives of those around them. You know, when a Christian starts playing the part of a fool, starts doing what he wants to do and not having any fear of God and seeking after his own way, he not only creates destruction in his own life, but he creates rebellion and destruction in the lives of those around him. And Satan is able to use, use one that way. We need to, as God's people, take, take heed to God and in, in each one of our lives grab hold of the fear of the Lord in order to avoid this way of a fool. And that's really God's challenge for us here tonight is be wise, fear the Lord, seek after him. Let's pray.